Hey tryhards, Ethan here. Before we get into the show today, I want to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon is a donation service, a monthly subscription service where you donate money to me to support the show, to support uh, the growth of it, whether that means merchandise or more podcasts or other things of that nature. And I would really appreciate if you guys would be willing and able to give just a little bit of whatever extra money you may have. Because while the show will always be free for everyone to listen, um, the way to make it isn't. And I'm in college, and things are expensive. So I'd appreciate any little amount that you're able to give. So thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlett. Like you, I'm in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories. The true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Tryhard. I am Ethan Hewlin, and this week it is just me yet again. For those of you who do not live in the United States, we had a little thing happen pretty recently, as of this going up, it would have happened yesterday, called Daylight Savings Time. For those who don't live in the United States, or your country doesn't do that, Daylight Savings Time is a is two days out of the year. One, where the clock jumps forward an hour, and the other, where the clock goes behind an hour, where you essentially gain or lose an hour of sleep, depending on which um, which day that is. In the spring, we, quote, spring forward, and in the fall, we fall back. Can you hear the quotes? I hope you can. Most recently, we had the spring forward happen where everybody lost an hour of sleep. As I have said before on this show, sleep is an essential part of your mental health, and losing an hour of it can have some effect. Not not extremely dangerous, but enough to be slightly detrimental. Not having as much sunlight can lead to a lack of serotonin, which, as those of us who are depressed know, is one of the happy chemicals, which is necessary in order to function in normal human society. A study done in the journal Epidemiology showed that hospitals reported uh, addressing 11% more depressive symptoms after the time changes. There are uh, other symptoms that have been diagnosed more as well, including bipolar, seasonal affective, and believe it or not, male suicide, which it's a little too close to home for me if you know my history with that. Um, and my incident happened in September, which is normally when things go forward and we gain an hour of sleep. So there's that. But the good news is even though there are increased risks of those things happening right after the time changes occur, they usually, usually, 
decrease or dissipate within about 10 days, which is good. But the main culprit behind these various ailments and changes is the disruption of what is known as the circadian rhythm, which is the, quote, 24-hour internal clock in our brain that regulates the cycles of alertness and sleepiness by responding to light changes in our environment. And that is from the National Institute of Health. And every November slash March, that clock gets disrupted. Essentially wound back or wound forward an hour, which affects the machinery inside the clock, making it not work as well. For example, my body will think it's still 9.45 p.m. when it's really 10.45. Or my body will think... My body, the point is, my body will think it's in a different time than it actually is, at least for a bit, until I get used to it. But that takes time. Time, a lot of people don't necessarily have to fully process that. Honestly, I don't know why it's still around. In the United States, anyway, it started as a way to preserve energy. At least, that's what I gather from my sources. But I personally think that it has more cons than pros. Now, I've heard an urban legend that says it was to help farmers get an advantage to plant their crops, like plant more crops because they have another hour, even though in the spring we lose an hour instead of gaining one, which I don't know how true that is. But... Regardless, daylight savings time still has an effect on all of us. So, while it's still around, who knows for how much longer, what can we do? Well, there are some things that we can do leading up to that to make the transition from standard time to daylight savings time, or vice versa, a little bit easier. So depending on which time of year it is, You can adjust your circadian rhythm by waking up a little bit earlier than usual the week before springing forward, like we just had. Usually within the span of a week or two, just so your body has a bit more time to get used to that. Another thing that will help is food. Food, as you all can probably guess, is fuel of some kind is the fuel that keeps your body running. So eating a healthy breakfast gets your metabolic clock started, signaling your body that it's officially time to start the day. Now, for me, eating in the morning is a bit difficult because I'm not always super hungry in the morning. In fact, um, my, my cousin, he doesn't usually eat breakfast because it will quite literally make him sick to his stomach if he eats before a certain time every day. And I think that I'm becoming that way too. Um, I honestly haven't tried, um, but I can't usually eat more than like a granola bar or some fruit or something in the morning without getting an upset stomach. 
I've said it before, I'll say it again. Going for a walk. Sunlight helps make the happy chemicals. <laughs> it's that simple, really. I mean, as far as that goes, anyway. Um, but yeah, going for a walk both helps with the sunlight giving you more serotonin and exercise giving you more dopamine, which in turn makes you feel better. Now, this talk of losing an hour of sleep brings us to another subject, sleep hygiene. Now, sleep hygiene is not something that I've heard a lot talked about, at least in this circle of the internet, so let's talk about it. Sleep hygiene is the habits and actions that people take to help and sometimes hurt their sleeping ability. It is another form of self-care because getting sleep is one of the best forms of self-care that you can do. All the energy you've expended and all the spoons that you've spent through that day are refilled and replenished. And one of the ways you can do that is the elimination of caffeine and alcohol. I know that that may be easier said than done for some of us, but for me, someone who doesn't drink caffeine from coffee, it is a bit easier. And I've found that I've had more difficulty getting to sleep than I do staying asleep. And that's why I believe melatonin is another way to um, help your body stay asleep, so that way you get enough in a given night. Now, melatonin is a chemical that your body already produces. By taking melatonin supplements like I do, you're just helping that process along. It's not necessarily too much if you take it in the right amounts, because too much can cause you to sleep through whatever alarm you have set for yourself. I speak from experience. As I've said before, exercise helps with sleep. Exercise with, helps with a lot of things, and I don't think people really recognize the benefits that exercise has, and being able to move around and use our muscles. It's both good for physical, mental, emotional health. It's all it's good for all those things. And I'll continue to preach that until I no longer have a voice to do so. And even then, I'll probably still find a way. As I said last episode, having a routine is something that's also very helpful. Having a, a nightly ritual to get you in the mood for sleep, such as reading or meditation, like I do. Doing these little things in succession, in the same succession every night, get your body ready to be able to go to sleep and repair itself. And whatever you can do to make that process easier, your body will thank you for it. Believe it or not, being consistent when you wake up and go to sleep is also important for sleep hygiene. Because... If you shock your body by going to bed at 2 a.m. one day and waking up at 6 a.m. and then going to bed at 10 p.m. and waking up at 8 a.m. 
it's not going to have a good effect on you. Now, this is something that I am pretty good at because, like I said, I have that nightly routine, so I am able to tell myself, hey, it's 11.30, I need to get ready for sleep. What do I do? I brush my teeth, I change my pajamas, I text my girlfriend, say hi to a few of my friends, maybe watch a few YouTube videos, eventually it's midnight. And I do my meditation, and... I go to sleep. And my alarm is set for 8 o'clock every day because that's usually around the time that I'm able to wake up to give myself enough time to do what I need to do to get ready before school starts. I'm not saying you need to copy me in every regard. I'm just saying you need to find something consistently that works so that way you have a routine you can count on for going to sleep to prepare your body for what is to come in the following however long. For me, mine takes about 30 minutes. Yours may take longer. Yours may not take as long. But as my freshman year English teacher always said, do what works for you. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week to True Stories of a Tryhard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hulen. That's H-U-L-E-N. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at True Stories Pod. The best way to get the word out about podcasts is via word of mouth and social media. So please, please, please share this with your friends. Share it on your social media. And if you post it in some way and tag me, you will get featured on the official podcast accounts. And please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would very much appreciate it. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin signing off.